Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Good afternoon. If you love your boxing and MMA, this is the show for you. Find out extra of myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis. Today, we're going to unpack another busy weekend of action in the ring, starting in California as Devin Haney put on one of the most impressive performances of the year to defeat Regis' program, become a two-weight world champion at the age of just 25. Meanwhile, here in the UK, it wasn't quite as smooth sailing for Chris Billum-Smith. The gentleman retained his cruiserweight world title after Mateus Mastanek retired on his stall midway through the fight, despite being ahead on all the scorecards. Uh, more world title action this weekend. Sonny Edwards is in Arizona in an attempt to unify the flyweight titles. He faces Baron Rodriguez. We're going to discuss that fight and why it seems to be flying under the radar a little bit. Plus, we'll talk a big night for British MMA this weekend. Leon Edwards and Paddy Pimlet both in action in the UFC. And Jake Paul is back in the ring as well. Lots to go through. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Consensus is that it's going to be the power that gets me that I won't be able to keep off the flurry, the busyness, no. the aggression. It's not his supreme boxing skills he's going to stand because I feel like he's been outboxed at times against probably a lower, lesser level than me. Yeah, as always, look, loads to try and sort of just cram into the next hour or so. Let's welcome in the great Gareth A. Davis. Before we start, Gareth, how are you, my man? I'm very well. No cramming today. I just want to get across it all very gently very powerfully it was an amazing four or five days six days in boxing since we spoke mm. i'm very well indeed um just been rushing around all day after busy days in i gave you my schedule last week i'm glad i made it through to getting home uh yesterday after a very very interesting afternoon after dublin 
for MMA, uh, Talk Sport Towers at London Bridge Saturday night, Bournemouth Sunday night, and yesterday a fantastic sit-down for zone for the Off the Cuff series that you've been a part of as well, that I began a few years ago, did the first eight episodes, with a man called Josh Taylor, who talked to me about his clinical hypochondria and darkness. And that's out tomorrow, and it's absolutely fascinating, ahead of his uh, fight at the aptly named Beacon of Light in Sunderland on Saturday night. Yeah, look, obviously, look, you're a very busy man in demand, which is good, right? You, you are good at what you do, so it makes sense. But before we talk about what's happened and what's coming up you said that you were um at the um doing the pfl in dublin how was that it was amazing it's uh you know look whenever you go to dublin you go to the three arena and you've got eight thousand people there you were there for katie taylor um i've been there so many times conor mcgregor and diego brandau through bellator events and um might have even been once years ago and it was called the point when it was bernard dunn um, fighting. It's always been a bear pit of, a, of an atmosphere. I love the fact it's a banked arena uh, with, with the cage or the ring on one side of the arena. So you get all the noise reverberating down and off the walls. Very similar to Bournemouth on Sunday, by the way, at the International Bournemouth Centre. It was amazing to be there. Well done, PFL, acquiring Bellator and keeping it going and, and really wanting to develop themselves was a very powerful number two mixed martial arts league in the world. Yeah, indeed. Let's talk about a guy who's established himself as one of the greatest fighters on planet Earth at the moment, and that's Devin Haney, um, who completely, completely outfoxed and outboxed the previous WBC super lightweight champion, Regis Progre. I expected, and I think as a lot of people did, Devin to win, but not for it to be that easy. I expected him to come through some trouble, like he did in previous fights against Loma and, and others, but this was as good as it got. I I don't know if Devon was so good or Regis was so bad. I'm not quite sure yet. No, nothing bad about Regis, Eddie. Um, we kind of hinted at it last week. I mean, I did a lot of shows and a lot of talking about Devon Haney last week. Um, he is um, a very, sorry, he is, a, I'm just moving my laptop here. Um, he is a very um, erudite fighter, he looked at times like Floyd Mayweather in shape to me on Saturday night. We predicted that he would be the matador to the bull that Regis Progre uh, was attempting to be, but mm. he never really let him out of the gate. Um, he was a bull trapped in, a, in, in the pen, wasn't he? He didn't really get a charge on. Devin Haney's very, very skilled. We know he's a massive talent. He's come up a weight division. Um, he's very good matchmaking. Always predicted that Haney would win on points. But like you say, it was utter dominance. I had him winning every round and obviously a 10-8 in the third, I think it was, wasn't it? It was, When he knocked yeah. him down. It yeah. was. Brilliant. How, Absolutely brilliant. How important is it in this day and age where every fan and promoter seem to talk about ticket sales? And I mean, they did in the past, but it seems to be even more relevant now that he did sell out the arena. We're not quite sure of the pay-per-view numbers, but there's always been this question that Devon is good, Obviously, has the ability, he can talk well, but can he sell tickets? Can he put bums on seats? And I, I guess the answer to that is yes. Again, we don't know the pay-per-view yet, but in terms of just setting out an arena which doesn't hold boxing, San Francisco isn't a boxing area or hasn't been for the last 20 years, how important is it that he can show that he can sell tickets as well now? Well, I mean, look, there hadn't been a big boxing event there for a long time, so that would have filled out the arena. There's no doubt about that. I'm not saying he's... He's not a star, but he's not a crossover star yet. He's a long way from it. 
I think he's four fights away from it, five fights away from it even. And those four or five fights need to be Tio Lopez. Uh, they need to be Ryan Garcia. They need to be Javonta Tank Davis. And they need to be Shaco Stevenson. And if he can start to have those kind of fights over the next two and a half years, he can start to begin that ascent that Floyd Mayweather had. I don't think, hand on heart, that he's going to have difficulties major difficulties if he's on his game like that against Lopez, against Garcia and even Tank Davis who may prove a little small thin because Devon if he fills out to 147 as well will force people up there. The guy I think he might have problems with ultimately is Shekhar Stevenson and that really is the super fight of super fights in America and in boxing right now outside the heavyweights and I would say outside the light heavyweights if they'd make enough noise around the two uh, great light heavyweights fighting each other for the undisputed title in Dmitry Bivol and Arta Betabiev. But that was the beginning of the potential of his greatness on, on Saturday night. Didn't really show it against Vasyl Lomachenko because Lomachenko came back hard and strong uh, in that fight to win, I think it was four of the last five rounds in my book. Um, but I saw Mayweather shapes there. And the way that Bill Haney and Devon, I had a long chat with Bill in America a couple of months back. They think they handle Tio, and I agree with them. Um, they think they handle the other guys outside Shaco. They think they handle him very well. I don't agree with them. But um, they're making all the right moves to make him, for a guy that don't, goes 12 rounds, they're making all the right noises. And he and Regis really sold the fight well, in my view. And that's why it was a big success yeah, um, outside the ring. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think both did fantastic. Well, I think the face-off did nearly a million views across yeah. the zone and Matram. And I mean, that, those kind of numbers just aren't normal. Did you think, going back to sort of the super fight that you mentioned, did you think that, so Devon versus Shakur is bigger than Shakur versus Javante? Oh, no, we're getting into it now. Um, um, Devon versus Shakur, it will be bigger, I think. I think, I'm not saying that, Javante could beat Shakur as well, by the way. Mm. I just think that I'm looking at styles here and styles make fights. Yeah. This reminds me of the welterweight chat four or five years ago when you had Terence Crawford, Errol Spence, Sean Porter, Keith Thurman, Ryan Garcia and Amir Khan. And maybe there's one other in there that I've missed out right there. But if we could have had all those guys fighting each other within two and a half years, that was the super division at the time. Um, the, the great skills were there. The great fighters were there. If you if they can get these fights over the line with these five or six guys, maybe if Keyshawn Davis comes through quickly as well, um, I think we've got a, a mega division on our hands, a mega set of fights and a series of fights that America needs. Is Javonta Davis a bigger... Right now, Devin Haney and Shaka Stevenson... <sighs> Both of them are mega fights, and as as is Devin Haney against um, Tank Davis. But I think Tank Davis is quite a lot smaller than Devin Haney, as we saw him fill out there. We saw the size of his jaw, his physique. He's a very young man. I think he can go up to one four seven as well. Yeah, no, no, I agree. And look, I'm just putting that to you because I, I think they're all super fights, and hopefully, yeah. as you say, we they can all happen. My only concern is that I feel like they all might miss each other in weight classes. I think by the time Shakur gets to 140, Devon's going to go to 147. I think Javante physically can't move anymore. I think 135's his limit. So hopefully 
we can get them on. Ryan Garcia's in the division, Teofimo Lopez. There's still some exciting fights to happen, so hopefully um, hopefully, hopefully, we get to see them. On Regis, obviously, look, we, we always speak about the, the victor. We never really speak about the person that lost as much. What for Regis? 34, it was a bad defeat. He got outclassed. Could it just be a case of, I got beat by a very, very special talent? Or is there something still left for Regis to offer the division? I think there's a lot left for him to offer the division. He's a 140 guy, nailed down. He's in his 30s, as you say, 34. Um, we know he's world class. Mm. Um, he just came up against a young master on his way to painting the canvas with pieces that we're going to watch forever, I think. Um, Haney's just started to show, as I say, his greatness. And I think if, if, if Vasil Lomachenko in the last performance was the victim as an older man of, of Haney's youth, Progre was the victim of the beginning of greatness from this young man, Haney. Um, Progre, listen, I, I'd, I'd, see a, um, I'd see a Josh Taylor rematch. I think there's fights there um, at 140 for him. There's plenty of them. He won't give up yet. He'll have two or three more. Yeah, Jack Catchwell, I think, has been asking yeah. for a fight. I like the idea of that as well. And, and, and if Devon can't get the fights he wants, and hope he can... I would love, and it's going to be difficult, I'd love to see him come over here to the UK. You know, we, we're desperate to see some of these American stars over here. And I wouldn't mind him versus Ahara Davis. Look, he'll beat Ahara, but I would like to see it because Ahara will chat smack at the press conference and it'd be good to see him over here fighting someone that will fight back. And I think we can all agree Ahara will fight back and he's a very big 140 as well. Absolutely right. Listen, if you're if you're listening to this show, Bill Haney, if you want to put a clip out about this, Bill, get your son over here, yeah? You're missing a trick. You took him to Mexico, yeah, because he couldn't get a license. I've said to Bill about coming over to the UK, and he said, come. Bring Devin Haney over here. They do not realise how loved some of these fighters are Agreed. in the UK. Fans love Devin Haney. They're making a big mistake. Deontay Wilder made the big mistake himself. Should have had four or five fights over here already. Mm. I think Deontay's suddenly realised. I'm about to speak to Deontay in a couple of hours for Talk Sport, by the way, and catch up with him on his ayahuasca retreat and all those kind of things. Um, get him over here. I've said to Shaka as well, Bob's going to bring... Bob Aram's going to bring Shaka Stevenson over. Teofimo Lopez and his dad, spoken to them. They do not realise, Addy, do they? No. They need to get over no. here because the British fans are amongst the greatest in the world, incredibly knowledgeable, and will fill out not just 18,000, 19,000 arenas. They'll pack out a 40,000 arena for these guys over here. Yeah, I think they would love it. I think I remember Loma coming over to watch an Usyk fight and thinking he needed to come over and eventually came over for Josh Taylor. So, yeah, I think once they get over here and see it, I mean, you ask Terence Crawford, he always says the best atmosphere, obviously this is before his Spence fight, was in the UK. He's always said it. So once they get over here and sample a bit of it, they're addicted and hopefully we can see some of these young these young killers come over here and fight some of our guys that are up and coming as well. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we are going to hear from Sonny Edwards ahead of his unification fight this weekend with Bam Rodriguez. And we're going to look ahead to UFC 2962 as Birmingham's Leon Edwards defends his welterweight title against Kobe Covington. But up next, we're going to dissect Sunday night in Bournemouth, a successful title defence-ish for Mr. Chris Billum-Smith. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. As first title defence is goal, this is as tough as it could possibly get for the WBO Cruiserweight Champion. Can the home crowd roar on their hero? 
for an early Christmas present. Willem Smith versus Masternak, live on TalkSport. And another jab, and the spring starting to go. Out of Masternak, but he lands a solid right hand of his own. And another. Oh, what a round. What a round. What a contest we've got. Masternak, Willem Smith, putting it all on the line. Who's going to win? I'm not sure right Bill now. Willem very, very slow to get up off his stool. I don't know the tournament. Smith's won it, Masternak, for whatever reason, either he's quit or there's a problem we don't know about, but he's been pulled out, and Chris Billum Smith, after that tremendous round, the seventh, when he was on top, and he changed the whole dynamic of the fight, there are celebrations in there now, he leapt onto the ropes, he holds his trainer checking McGregor, and what a turnaround that was, declaring your winner! And still, the WBO Cruiserweight Champion of the World, the gentleman, Chris Billen-Smith. Yeah, it wasn't easy, was it, for Chris Billen-Smith in that first defense of his WBO Cruiserweight title that he won um, through that yeah, I was going to say gripping fight against Lawrence Cody. It wasn't really, it was It was a back and forth that really kind of didn't get fire. And this one caught fire, Gareth. But in the end, I mean, they, they, we're hearing that Masternet could have broken a rib. I mean, I don't know if this has been confirmed, but the conspiracy theorists are running wild with this one just because Masternet was up on all the scorecards. He dominated, I think, from two to six, really. Six. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Bill and Smith got a good seven and then it ended. And we're like, oh, what's going on? Did you get any yeah. confirmation as to what happened with Masson? Is it a broken yeah. rib? Yeah, it was. It was. I spoke to the referee afterwards. We'll speak to Chris Billum-Smith as well, who, who revealed... I spoke to him straight away afterwards, the, after the fight, and he revealed that Shane McGuigan was getting him to target a particular part of Masternak's body where he saw a little bump where a rib was clearly broken during fight week and during the weigh-ins. Shane is a very, very astute guy, you know, and he got his guy... Trainers should always not just be avuncular and part of a family for the fighter and, and maintain a view on their health, but always be their eyes and ears. Because boxers don't see a lot of things. I listened to a great interview the other day that Simon Jordan did, in fact, uh, with Carl Frampton. He always, Frampton said that in the time he was with Shane McGuigan, when they were friends, obviously they've fallen out since. Shane is a very, very astute not just trainer, but tactician, but he's a very, very astute observer of things. I think, if anything, Billum Smith really snatched victory from the jaws of defeat on Sunday night. Mm. I say Sunday night. Um, it was Sunday night down in Bournemouth. Um, I agree with you. It was a very competitive fight, but Masternak, uh, Mateus Masternak, 50-odd fights, 50-plus fights into his 30 sixth year as well, of course, 37th year as a fighter, looked very tough in there. And Billum Smith, when he looks at his worst, can look like a plodder because um, he's not a footwork guy. He's all strength and vim and self-belief. And, and, and listen, don't get me wrong. I think he's got incredible stones on him. And he proved it again on Sunday night. Um, but it was going wrong for him, very wrong, being caught down the middle by the right hand, um, he tried different things during the fight. He got back to his jab um, in the seventh round, uh, did, did Billum Smith. 
in a way, he was smothering his work at times. He was getting caught on the inside. Masternak, you know, he'd gone 12 rounds with Uniel Dortikos. He'd gone 12 rounds with Billum Smith. He'd beaten, albeit a 40-year-old, um, Jean-Marc Mormek, um, about eight or nine years ago, the guy that David Hay was scattered on the ice uh, and hurt, who came over to to beat later on in the fight in, in, in Paris, like 12 years ago when Hay, or 13 years ago when Hay won three of the world's cruiserweight titles. It was a really tough night for Billum Smith. But the thing is about him, um, he never believed he was going to be a world champion, you know, and he gets better and better and better with each performance. And I thought it was a great learning performance from him. He got away, he escaped in many ways. And again, that Bournemouth crowd were brilliant for him in 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 really stirring him and moving on. When he came just in front of us and put his arms outstretched and his head back and enjoyed the plaudits and praise from that huge bank that reminds me of the Hulu Theatre at Madison Square Garden. It really does. The noise was like that. He thoroughly deserved his victory. There's no way, and we're getting to the conspiracy now, there's no way that Masternak quit for any other reason that he couldn't breathe properly and he could feel so much pain in his side from those punches. Yeah, let's hear from Chris Bill and Smith. As you said, you did catch up with him after the fight. This is what he had to say. Many, many congratulations. You are the body snatcher tonight. I am indeed. Shane saw it in the build-up. He said there's a lump on his left rib. Target that, and I didn't to begin with. I was looking too big. And uh, yeah, I mean, at round seven, I really started finding myself, put my shots together better. Um, and then I was ready to build. I, I settled at the end of the round. They were like, that's it. So I was like, okay, we've got five rounds left. Let's just box like that, and then I'll get the finisher. Then obviously, he didn't come out for the eight. I'm going to bring Shane in a minute, but what stones you show between rounds three and six? Yeah, I mean, I just switched off too much. Didn't really respect his power that much. He's very awkward, we know that. Um, and it's a weird speed that his shots come out of. But he's a world level fighter. He's proved that time and time again. 52 fights. That was, yeah. my, that was his 53rd, my 20th fight. He's been around, he's been a pro since before I even started boxing. 2005, I started boxing 2007. So it shows how experienced he is, and I'm learning all the time, and I'm still world champion. But that's the great thing, I was going to say that, but you learned so much again tonight. That's what it's about. Every, I'm, I'm far from the finished fighter. I can box a lot better than that, which I showed in that seventh round. Uh, I was breaking him down, and then, um, yeah, but obviously, um, it's a shame. Six and seven, you made it yours. Yeah, yeah, I started taking control, controlling behind the jab, and uh, obviously found, found the finish. Just tell us about that moment where you realised he wasn't coming out for the eight. Yeah, he was sat on his stool when they said um, the, the round, like, you know, seconds, seconds out round eight. And um, he was sat down still, and I was like, ref, come on. And then his corner turned around and stayed in the ring, and I was wondering, I was like, okay, I've hurt him here. Um, I knew I'd hurt him anyway, and I was ready to get to him, but um, obviously he pulled out. Look, in the end, the most important thing is getting the W, and look, would he have got to him? If it wasn't for that, then we don't know. But he inflicted the body shot and he hurt and broke his ribs. So you've got to applaud Chris Billum-Smith for that. Um, up next, it looks like it will be Richard Riakpour. And this is a fight that Boxer had wanted to make when they signed all these cruiserweights uh, to their roster. Um, that's a tough fight, isn't it, for Chris Billum-Smith? Like, bear in mind, obviously, I think he's improved a lot since he fought Riakpour last time. Riakpour's got a win. He's a lot fresher. He's a big, big cruiserweight as well. He can hit hard. This is going to be a test. 
I think every fight that Billum Smith has at this level is going to be a really difficult one because mm. they're lining up. If Coley comes back from bridge weight and rematches him as well, uh, it's going to be a tough fight second time around with Lawrence Coley. You know, a lot of people will make Richard react poor because of his power, because of his direct punches and his improvements will make him a marginal favourite. Um, but again, if Billum Smith can come through and just deaden the spirits of Richard Riakpour and avoid those big punches. And he did sag a few times to Mateus Masternak's punches. He he He's did. got to be careful not to be hit clean in the first four, five, six rounds by Riakpour when he's fresh. We know that he's the midnight train and he and he comes through. Um, he's a very dangerous opponent. And it's going to be like this every step of the way for, for Billum Smith. He's a target for everyone now. He'll be a target if he beats... Um, Richard Riakpour, he'll be a target for, I don't know, maybe Jaya Pattaya, who no longer holds. I think it's the IBF, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Um, so if he comes to his fight on the Day of Reckoning, Jaya Pattaya will be over here looking for fights with this group of British boxers as well. So it's a great time. It was a great atmosphere down there, by the way. And and it, it's beautiful to be down on the beach uh, in the Bay of Bournemouth as opposed to the Bay of San Francisco. Neither of us got to San Francisco last weekend. But I've got to ask you, did you think it felt a little bit conspiratorial when um, when yes, Mastanac pulled out? I what did. was your take at the time? I, I thought I've, I I had my conspiracy theories hat firmly stuck on. I thought, what is going on here? Why is he not? Why is he not got out? I didn't know about the broken rib until it was confirmed after. But at the time, I was like, hello, you're up. You're up on the scorecards, and not just up, by the way, by a round. I mean, you're up, up. He'd won. Apart from that round, that round seven, he'd won the last five rounds, yeah. and, and as you yeah, say, it could have been he, two or three up. Yeah, yeah, and he'd hurt Chris Bidham Smith a couple of times as well, where Chris Bidham Smith legs looked like he buckled just a little bit. So I thought, yeah. okay, this is yeah. Masternick rolling back the years here. So I was thinking, this is his opportunity to become a world champion. So I was a bit surprised, but then obviously, look, I mean, body shots, broken ribs. Who am I to talk about? Once you can't breathe with those, you can't breathe. I've spoken to boxers before who've been hurt to the body, and they they say it's the worst thing ever. So if you've got a broken rib, you're not going to be able to fight. So so what can you do? What I do want to ask you about, though, Gareth, is um, the antics of Ben Whitaker. Just because I know, look, I know you love Ben Whitaker. I think you know that he's probably going to go all the way. There's something special about the kid. But what do you make about the antics? Some people like it, and some people don't. From what we saw on the weekend, yeah, it crosses the line, and it you know it creates people that dislike him as much as love him. I mean, he's an extraordinary talent. He's physically. As an athlete, he's an extraordinary size. There's no mm. doubt he can go to cruiserweight. He's got beautiful movement. I love the walking. I love the showmanship and the entertainment. Really, you know the black baller, uh, the black balaclava ballerina mm -hmm. dancing him into the ring. I, th I loved all that. The, 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 there is, a, I mean, I've tackled him on it. There, there is too much showboating. You'll notice when he gets in close, he does put his hands up. Though, I just cannot wait to see this guy take his showboating against the likes of Anthony Yard, Joshua Boatsy, Dan Aziz, who aren't going to stand for this, are going to take him apart or try and take him apart. I have a feeling that Whitaker, come seven or eight more fights time, early 2025, will be able to handle all of them. Agreed. You don't Agreed. mess around in the ring like that. You can't play boxing, and yet he does play boxing, as we say. Um, and he's got so much ability that he's able to do these things. I spoke to Sugar Hill Stewart about him after the event. Obviously, Sugar Hill Stewart of the great Kronk Jim and Tyson Fury's trainer is uh, looking after Ben at the moment. And 
He says he's just, he's an unbelievable talent and he doesn't want to put him on a leash. And I think that's the thing with Ben. He just exudes happiness when he's in the ring. I don't like some of the showboating. I think it goes too far against level, against opponents who clearly aren't on his level because it looks like disrespect. But he ain't going to stop it anytime soon, Eddie. No, no, and I agree. And I I love it for what it's worth. I love it. And I, 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 one thing I 100% agree with you on is that I think he's going all the way. And I think you put him in with any of those guys in a year's time, I just say year, six or seven more fights. If he has a busy 2024, I think you'll fight all of them. And I think you can cause them all serious, serious problems. I, I actually can't wait to take this roadshow to America and see what he does in America against some of their guys as well, because I think they might like him and appreciate the show button a bit more than we do over here. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we are going to look here to a huge night in the UFC this weekend as Leon Edwards takes on Kobe Covington. But up next, we're going to hear from the IBF flyweight champion, Mr. Sonny Edwards. Now hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz in the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz in the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Good afternoon, you are listening to Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. The big fights keep on rolling uh, this weekend from Arizona. We are going to decide and find out who is the best flyweight on planet Earth, is it Sonny Edwards or is it Bam Rodriguez? I fly out to this fight on Thursday evening, really looking forward to hosting it. Um, I almost feel, and it's not Sonny's fault because Sonny's tried his hardest. I mean, he's on social media. He's really pushing it. It's going under the radar a little bit. It's going under the radar, maybe because there's so much after it. We've had so much before it. Do you kind of get that feeling as well, Gareth, that we're not talking about it as much as we should be? Well, it's the flyweights, isn't it? And they don't get as much credit as they do deserve. They never have. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, when you look at um, 
Roman Gonzalez, Chocolatito, and um, Saw Rungvisai, these kind of guys, um, they don't. They went up the weight divisions because they wanted to get noticed more because they couldn't, you know, they couldn't get leverage at light fly and fly and super fly. They, they need to go up and up and up. And I think it's the same with Edwards and Bam Rodriguez, Jesse Bam Rodriguez. But when you look at their resumes, both men, when you look at the resumes and add up their opponents' wins and losses, mm. it's an extraordinary run. Sonny Edwards, for me, if you look at his five world title fights, the four defences, and obviously this is a unification for the number one position in the flyweight division, I think the five opponents he's fought at world level including the world title win and the four defences. It was 120 and five wow. is, is their records. Yeah, so that's on a par with Josh Taylor when he was winning the, the, the 140 pound series, tournament series. And he got into the top 10 in the pound for pound in the ring magazine ratings for that. So if you look at Sonny Edwards, I'm going to put my neck on the block here and say, if he does what he's been able to do against everyone else, against Bam Rodriguez, who's a knockout merchant as well as a brilliant, elusive flyweight boxer, I think Sonny Edwards should be called the pound-for-pound pound British boxer right now out there and argue belongs, arguably belongs in the top 10 in the pound-for-pound pound in the world, certainly in the Ring magazine ratings. Oh, this is this is I, I like this discussion. I wasn't even thinking we're gonna go there with that. Yeah. If he beats Bam Rodriguez, is he pound for pound number one, the best British fighter out there? On on a on a basis of what have you done for me lately, yes. Because immediately I think of Fury as that. But then I, I think of Chisora White and Garner. Is that anywhere mm. better than Bam away from home, Arizona? No, it isn't. So yeah, you, you know what? You, you're probably right. And I do think he does deserve to be on a pound for pound rankings as well if you if you unify a division i think the problem is there are so many undisputed and unified unified champions now that you're going to leave someone out but i think if you unify and to do that you, you fight in a guy that a lot of people had as a fighter of the year last year um, yeah. bam rodriguez then there, yeah. there is a discussion there to be had um let's hear from sonny edwards anyway i know he filled in for me didn't he in co-host review a couple of weeks ago this is what he had to say about this fight coming up yeah he can definitely box he can definitely move but you know, the consensus is that it's going to be the power that gets me that I won't be able to keep off the flurries, the busyness, yeah. the aggression. It's not his supreme boxing skills he's going to stand because I feel like he's been outboxed at times against yeah. probably on paper, maybe not in reality, but on paper definitely. And in my eyes, in, in, in reality as well, a lower, lesser level than me. And I think especially the tactics they were applying, back foot reacting every time there was something in, in the box in front of you, letting your hands go, not thinking about it too much, reacting. That's my bread and butter, Gareth. That's got me here. I couldn't knock, I couldn't knock myself out. I was going to say something there, but I just realised I'm on talks, but you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I well, couldn't, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a pillow puncher, Gareth. I send the fans to sleep. They call me the Sandman. You know what I mean? So it's different versions of Jeopardy, though, because how many rounds have you seen me in a boxing ring, Gareth, and thought, Oh, Sonny looks uncomfortable here, or Sonny's getting tired here, or it's all looking like it's about to unravel. And I've been in with world champions, I've been in yeah. with future Hall of Famers, I've been in with great fighters all the way in and out. Hard test that you know the general public might not give credit for, but I've got good wins that people that know boxing. The times I took these fights, I was making noise, especially amongst the real boxing people, and I think that's what's probably pushed me through and got the belief from my promoters and the belief for 
you know, fighting a 13-year unbeaten world champion, number one. You know, I've obviously been around sort of the fight game, not as long as you obviously, Gareth, but I've been recently, I've, I've sat down with fighters and you, you see them, you know, in the dressing rooms, you see them behind the scenes. I don't think, and the only fight that's come to mind is Eubank, but I don't think I've ever seen a fighter more confident than Sonny Edwards. <laughs> oh, Nazim Hamid. Nazim yeah, Hamid. Yeah, see, I wasn't around with Naz. You were, you were around with Naz. I wasn't around at that time. In terms of me being around, Eubank. Obviously, you're saying Naz, yeah? Naz was like this, if not Naz. more, right? Oh, he was very chilled out when the cameras weren't on him, but you put a light on him and cameras on him, boom, he was exactly like that. Didn't stop talking. Mm. Million to a dozen. Mayweather's <laughs> the same when the camera's on him, by the way, as well. He, 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 he's got his spiel, and yeah. I think... Sonny Edwards needs to talk his way into this fight as well and talk his way through it and, and, and tell us how great he's going to be because this guy, Bam Rodriguez, wow. um, you know, he's, he's 11 knockouts from his... They're both undefeated, of course, which is fantastic. Um, he's, he's got 11 knockouts from his 18 victories. He stopped Srisakat Saw Ringvasai, who beat... well. I'm going to say this. He beat Chocolatito Gonzalez twice. Roman Gonzalez, one of the greatest boxers we've ever seen. I think he lost the first fight to Chocolatito, by the way. Um, saw Rung Versailles. I was there in uh, Madison Square Garden. It was a night when I think, I think Golovkin fought or Canelo fought. It was a night, I thought he lost that, in fact. But he did beat him in the second fight. This guy's got a stoppage over Strisaketz or Ring Versailles, um, a stoppage over, um, sorry, unanimous decision over Israel Gonzalez. Um, he's, he's gone up through fighters, but no one's really managed to lay a glove on, a big glove on Sonny Edwards. And I just think if he's on form, he could end up frustrating this guy. And I love this fight because this is the big test. This is the Ring magazine position for both of these guys. And it is the number one against the number two in the division. Right now, Addy, it's Bam is number one for me and Sonny's number two, but Sonny can get the job done but on points on Saturday night in Glendale, Arizona, isn't it? Yeah, it's Glendale, Arizona. And it should be a fantastic fight. When speaking to Sonny, he says, one second, this is my division. Bear in mind that Bam did all of his work, all the good work. You mentioned Quadras and Rungvisai there at Superfly. Whereas Sonny's been at fly and he's dominated at fly. So let's see how this one plays out. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Next up, we are going to look at this weekend's UFC. Leon Edwards defending his title against Kobe Covington. Good afternoon and welcome back to Fight Night Extra UFC 296 this weekend. And you know what? Yeah, it's an absolutely outstanding card. You know when a card's good? Because when the prelim card has like Cody Garbrandt on it, who's a former UFC bantamweight champion, Josh Emmett's on the prelim card as well. And then you go to the main card and I mean, they, they, they've stacked the main card. They really have. Obviously, the main event is one that we're looking forward to. Leon Edwards versus Kobe Covington. You've got Stephen Wonderboy Thompson back. Paddy Pimlet versus Tony Ferguson who's been doing some strange workouts. We'll get to that very... Ian Gary, who's obviously going for a lot in his personal life, and hopefully he can bring his A-game to the Octagon as well. I'm liking this card. I'm liking this card a lot, Gareth. Yeah, absolutely. And um, at the head of it, of course, Leon Edwards, as you say, has kind of grown into the role of a UFC welterweight champion. Two fantastic victories. Now, um, a one-snatching victory from the jaws of defeat against Kamara Usman in the first fight. And 
proving in the second fight that he deserves to be the champion by besting uh, Usman in the UK. Mm. I like Colby Covington. I like the way he promotes things. It's a big do name you, for Edwards. Like oh, I do. I think he's one of the great um, self-promoters in the UFC right now, and they need more of them. Mm. Um, and uh, listen, he's the guy you love to hate. Um, he's a guy that's always fallen short at, at this world level, if you like. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that's fair. Yeah, um, he couldn't best Usman, which Edwards has done twice. But I really like this. I think he'll be getting under the skin of Leon Edwards all week. Um, he's the guy that calls on Donald Trump to support him. All of those kind of things. They're mates. Um, it's a really good fight. As I say, really good card. It's the, it's the end of year card. It used to be um, New Year's Eve. I went for, <clears throat> I think, eight years in a row for the New Year's events, uh, which was always spectacular uh, with the UFC. Um, but they've got this kind of mid, mid-December mid event they do now. As you say, uh, Alexandra Pantoja, uh, Pantoja, if you want to call him that, um, defends the flyweight title against Brandon Royval. Um, you've got Rachmanov on there, Shavkat Rachmanov against Stephen Thompson at welterweight. Another great fight. And I'm fascinated. The guy that dipped with the fans when he seemed to be the fifth Beatle, Paddy Pimlet, up against Tony Ferguson, who's 0-6 in his last six, and has been training with David Goggins. And I've been watching those videos avidly. I don't know if you've been watching them at all, but if anyone yeah, can Yeah, I just mentioned it at the top. It's Goggins, yes. Yeah, no, he has been working with David Goggins, and I saw Paddy Pimlet say, look, one thing that, one thing that maybe Tony didn't need was cardio, because Tony's always got that. So he's interested as to what he's interested to see what, what Goggins can bring to the table. And I, I agree with you. In terms of that mental strength... I mean, Goggins is going to put you through the ringer and it, hopefully it should should lead to a good matchup. Go, going back to the main event, I mean, if you're Leon Edwards, obviously, look, we know this is going to be striker versus wrestler. Surely if you're Leon, though, you should take some comfort from the fact that you, you, you already beasted a very, very good wrestler. Not as good as Kobe, but you, you beasted a very good wrestler in Kamara Usman. He's got to take some sort of comfort from that, no? Yeah, way back in his career, I think seven, eight years ago, he lost to Wally Alves, but... He's only lost twice to um, Kamara Usman, you know, um, and that's a way back now. There'll, mm. there'll be scars that are way back. 2019, he was knocked out by punches. Uh, he was decisioned in 2021 by Kamara Usman. But, you know, let's not write Covington off. Jorge Masvidal victory, Tyron Woodley, Robbie Lawler, Rafael Dos Anjos, Demian Meyer, Dong Hyun Kim. I mean, he's got a phenomenal record going back... You know, yes, he only fights once a year. Um, and that may count against him because Covington's been out, I think, I think that, that victory over Masvidal was March last year. So he's been out a long time. Um, but it was fight of the night, of course. Um, you cannot write him off, but I just think Leon is in his purple patch right now. And unless he gets unended or upended by something unusual or he's carrying an injury... I just think Leon's showing improved performances with his own wrestling and his own ground game. I just think he's he's set for a, a proper run. Listen, I'd love to have seen him face Jorge Masvidal after that sucker punch in London. So I hope he gets Covington out of the way and I want to see him face Jorge Masvidal. Yeah, I was going to ask you in terms of what next. I don't think it will be Masvidal. I, no. I think I think he's going to. I think he wants to go to the middleweight division. He's been speaking about it. He's a massive welterweight. When you, when you see some of the size of these guys... 
They're huge. And obviously, all the boxing fans here listening in, obviously, welterweight in boxing is 147. Welterweight in the UFC or MMA is 170. And, I mean, Leon Edwards must walk around around 200. He's a really, really big, thick-set guy. So I wonder if he looks at someone like a Sean Strickland and thinks, wait a minute, I, mean, I, I can I can have a bit of this. So hopefully he gets the job done against Kobe from a British perspective. And then he does get um, a crack at one of the guys, one of the top guys in the middleweight division. That That's MMA for now. Uh, Jake Paul returns this weekend as well. A, a bit, sorry, I'd say this weekend, on Friday against Andre yeah. August. Um, that's definitely gone under the radar. I mean, and yeah. definitely. It has. Um, listen, um, all Jake Paul is doing against Andre August, who's 10 and 1 and is a bit of a knockout artist, but isn't particularly skilled, mm. but is a boxer. He's trying to get back on track to be a world champion of some form or other in boxing. Um, he's beaten Anderson Silver, he's beaten Tyron Woodley, he's beaten um, um, uh, Nate Diaz. He's lost to Tommy Fury, who's a boxer. He just wants a W. He just wants to win against uh, a bona fide boxer to get his world title aspirations back on track. That's all this is about. That is it. It will probably be do decent numbers. Mm. Um, it won't be. It's not a big. They haven't trumpeted this fight out. This is this is all about Jake Paul just getting back in the win column against a bona fide boxer. Yeah, that that's his all he wants. So as we end the show, I do want to quickly talk about something that that's probably jumped onto your timeline on, on your social media platforms in the last sort of day or so, and that's a a video. It's, it's an old video. It's five years old, but it's kind of doing the rounds again of Clarissa Shields getting knocked out. Obviously, Clarissa's spoken about it at Inspiring. length. Yeah, inspiring, yeah. She's spoken about it at length. And I guess, look, there's so many different ways this conversation can go. But one of the ways I think we need to discuss is sort of females fighting men in sparring and the dangers of it. Um, again, look, Chris has always said and been open, like, I can fight Keith Furman and Roley Romero and all that kind of stupid talk. But, but A, would you make of the knockout? And should there be a question about females and males sparring? Yes, there should. And I don't know if I've ever mentioned it to you, but I've covered a man versus a woman before in Seattle in in, two th in the year 2000. And a woman called Margaret McGregor fought a guy called Lloyd Chow. And she'd yes, been yes, domestically abused. Yes. Did I ever tell you about that? Um, it's the only time I've ever covered a licensed bout between a man and a woman. It's the only one I can ever remember in America. Um, it's wrong. Um, Clarissa's always boasted about sparring with the guys and, you know, trying to wind them up. Um I'm glad it's come out because I think we should be very careful about men and women sparring together. Agreed. It wouldn't surprise me if someone tries to put on a fight between a man and a woman in the coming years, given everything that's out there. And we've got to be very, very careful because physiologically, men and women are different. Some women could beat up some men. There's plenty of women out there who could beat you and I up um, in a boxing ring. But as professionals, we have to be very, very careful in allowing them to do it, I think. Yeah, indeed. Uh, well said. Um, look, we'll catch up again, as we always do next week, where we're going to reflect on, hopefully, and, and I say this as a big fan of his, hopefully Sonny Edwards can become unified flyweight champion. Again, it is a big fight. It's live on the zone. I will be flying out on Thursday to cover it. And then after that, obviously, me and Gareth are both going to be in Saudi for the day of reckoning as well. Loads of fights and things to discuss. Hopefully, we can do a live show from there. Hopefully, Jeremy can sort something out and we can do a live show from there. So, Gareth, we'll catch up next week.